Echo 5, do you copy? Echo 5. Echo 2, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. Feeling alright, sir? Thought we lost you. Right now, I feel like I can take off this whole podcast myself. Ah, I know what you mean. Ready to send that transmission to Echo Base? Yes, sir. R10, pass through. guys to another episode of the Hoth Transmissions. Uh, I am Echo 2 here with Echo 5. All right guys so tonight we are going to discuss season one chapter three. So this episode is called The Sin and I'm pretty sure everybody's watched it by now so we know exactly what's about to happen but we're gonna we're gonna unfold it and tell you our our thoughts. So all right Echo 5. Well, I know you. this is one of your favorite episodes of the season, so I'll let you go ahead and start off with uh, your thoughts. Yeah, um, so yeah, like like you were saying, this is definitely um, definitely my favorite. I'd actually say this is my favorite episode of the season, and I think it's just because it, it, it kind of completes that arc in an epic way with, uh, with Grogu, or at the time it's Baby Yoda, we don't know his name yet, Grogu, with the whole situation. Um, with Mando going out and finding him and, and, and kind of making that decision on whether or not he's going to take the moral high ground and, and, and get this, get this guy's back, save him, rescue him, or he's going to, he's going to turn it in and just be like his normal bounty hunter self. Um, anyway, so I, it's, I just love the, the entire, just the feel of the episode, the intensity as he's flying back with the bounty and you could just see his conscience just through the helmet. You could almost see emotion and almost like a, like a Vader thing, the way Vader, you could see emotion through the helmet with actually seeing any expressions or anything at all. Oh, kind of like the throne room scene from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. The way he just, just the, you just watch him throughout the episode. The camera he, just angles. Looks, he looks so conflicted. Like he's not sure what, what he's going to do with this kid. And you're not sure as an audience, when you watch this for the first time, you're like, man, is this guy going to, is he going to take, he's going to take him back to, to the Admiral, to the, on uh on navarro and, and and turn him in and get his bounty uh get more beskar armor shine up and and take off and 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 continue to do his thing and be a a, a well-off bounty hunter or is he going to um he's going to do something else and you're not really sure the way this episode is going to go and just i mean i don't, I, I don't want to go through the entire episode i mean we'll through our discussion we'll kind of go through these different points but um just what happens from the start of this episode to finish it's just really exciting um, to see just the way that his character has it basically progresses kind of the way his character was from episodes one and two to the end of this episode. He's, he's almost like a completely different guy and it's just the action, just everything about it, everything about it. We'll, we'll get into this whole thing, but yes, this is definitely my favorite episode. This is a, this is a 10 out of 10 episode for me. I'm not sure if it's this one or episode eight when we get to that one is my favorite. Cause I love that episode too. Oh but, Yeah. Yeah, but episode three, so far, this is definitely my favorite episode uh, as we go along through season one. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I kind of have to agree with a little bit because I remember like prior to Mandalorian being 
uh, released that they were talking about how difficult it was to be able to portray a character that always has a helmet on because yeah. you can't do any facial expressions. You can't really see how he reacts to things. And so I found it really interesting on how they're able to really make that work. Sure. And so you kind of do see that. It's like you can kind of see his emotion through that helmet, especially yeah. at the beginning of the episode because it's, he's just chilling there and he's letting the the child just kind of just sit there with its cover open, letting it breathe so it's not kind of cooped up in there. And you can kind of see him getting a little attached to it. Like he gets annoyed with it because it grabs yeah. the shifter knob. But you can already see that there's a yeah. an attachment growing. Yeah, well, I think that kind of started with. Um, well, I would say I was gonna say I think it started when he when when Grogu uses the Force on on the Mudhorn, but I think it started before that. We we could talk, we talked about that in the uh, the last episode. That's true, the episode first episode two. when he first sees it. Yeah, but um, there's definitely an attachment growing from the last episode, and he's at this point where he's not sure who he's going to be more loyal to his, you know, just the moral high ground, uh, his, his connection he's building with this, with this character or his normal lifestyle of just being, being a badass bounty hunter. So, yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things that I like about it is because we're kind of really exploring characters in the Star Wars universe that appear to be these dark underground bounty hunters that, all they're out is just for a paycheck. And yeah. granted, there are some, but we're following a character who kind of represents, I guess, the majority of it. Kind of like another Han Solo character who out there for the yeah. money, but gets tied into something and his conscience starts to nag at him. So, because we see him actually follow through and go in and it's like, okay, turning into the child and he's still unsure about it, but he's completing yeah. his job. And then... He sits there and asks, so what are you going to do with it? And then the, let's forget his name, the negotiator or whatever his name is, the Imperial dude. You're, you're talking like, about, uh, I, I don't know what his actual name is. I, I just refer to him as the Admiral. The Admiral, yeah. And he's like, oh, I was under the understanding you've taken the your payment and commission that everything is to be forgotten. So basically... Get out of here. You're not supposed to be asking questions. We're yeah. done. Forget about us. Well, it's against, it's against back the to ways Kirk of the guild. To, exactly. Yeah, it's against the ways of the guild. You're not supposed to worry about what happens with the bounty. You just collect the bounty. You turn it in. Don't ask questions. Then you go to your next job. Pretty much. And you can kind of see Mando is kind of doing that because like, he got all that big scar. And he's like, all right, this will make you a nice replacement for your armor. No, shoot. Well, that... Get out of here. That's another. That's another reason I like the episode so much. Is he gets he gets everything. He gets the Beskar, and right when I saw him get all that Beskar armor, he's walking like a badass. And you're like, okay, I think he's gonna go back for the baby now because he's he's even more. They they basically set themselves up to fail right there because they gave him they made him they made him more powerful by giving him that. Welcome Beskar to the armor. Empire, making <laughs> stupid moves without thinking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, you can't blame them. You can't blame him. I mean, like honestly, like. You see this bounty hunter, he goes in, he's the one successful, brings it back, walks away. The Empire, I mean, he's supposed to be like the best bounty hunter. They pay a bunch for him. So he's got a reputation, so they're not going to expect him to be coming back to to free this creature. As far yeah. as they know, they're done. And so they didn't count on his connection to his humanity actually coming out. Sure. And that's where we actually begin to see Man Mando... Uh, 
change. Well, I love, I love all those um, little points that show that slowly move him to his change. Like when he leaves and he sees the 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 crib smash and in in the trap, or it's 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 just thrown away, thrown aside, and and then he's in his ship and he's. He's, he's on the controls, and then he just kind of stops and looks at the ball, and then he can just see that he's thinking and making a decision. And then he just shuts, shuts, the, shuts the ship off, shuts off the Razor Crest, and you're, you're, you just know things are about to go down. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, he, those Stormtroopers had it coming, because I thought it was hilarious when... Oh, they're, they're jerks, this. man, those Stormtroopers. Like he, was entering, he was entering that facility, and it's like this old grungy, beat-up place. It looks filthy. Like something yeah. you expect from the underworld, and yeah. he first brings in uh, the asset, and the stormtrooper has it, and he's like, "Hey, take it easy with that." And the stormtrooper's like, uh, "Snaps back." Uh, what is I forget what he says. He's like, "No, you watch it or something." And I was like, "Oh, you don't say that, Demando." Oh, and man. so he comes back and just kills him. <laughs> well, I love I love when he he walks up to to the door, and the gatekeeper droid comes out um to and he just takes and breaks him <laughs> and then uh it, yeah it's it's actually it's a the gate the gate oh when he returns yeah the it's a it's a tt8l7t droid or what sorry tt8l white yt droid it's a it's known as a, a tattletale droid so it's basically it's basically used for um sort of like under underground Gangsters like like we saw with Job, obviously, but basically more secret kind of societies in, in, in Star Wars underground. It's 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 a uh, basically that, that droid just a little he's, he's a little punk, you know those those droids. So um, I, I love that it just comes and just, boom just snaps it, and then it's just like the music starts intensifying and and I love I love when the um, when the lights are when it's kind of dark and the lights are kind of flashing with the sparks and everything like that and. And the stormtroopers are kind of going through with the lights on their gun. It's got that really, uh, really. Uh, it's it's really it's really cool. I love it, dude. That yeah, that whole scene just coming back was actually pretty phenomenal. I loved every aspect of it, especially a lot with the uh, the fighting that they they choreographed with it. Like he got mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. Like he pulled out the knife, he used his blaster, he shocked him, and then he throws out the flamethrower and sits there and roasts that one stormtrooper. Oh there yeah, that, yeah. A little bit of everything in that fight. That was, was almost epic. violent. That point because he's like spraying with the fire, and he the guy's like screaming. He's like ah, you know. <laughs> um, I, I can, you can, you can see how much he hates the empire. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the um, the what, what do you call the the whistle bird? The um, the whistling birds. Yeah. The whistling birds. Um, I I, I forgot to talk. So he got he got when he got the Beskar, he got a signet, which was the mudhorn. But he was saying uh, he wasn't no, worthy. He didn't, he, right, yeah. It wasn't a worthy kill, right? Is that is that right? So he didn't take it. Okay. So he, like, he denied. She's gonna offer. It... Yeah, she's gonna offer to. She's like, okay, so since you defeated a mudhorn, that's gonna be your new signet. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm not worthy of it yet because technically the enemy helped me kill it. Yeah. And she's like, enemy. Well, he didn't know he was my enemy at the time. Yeah. That was great. I love, I love I, Elizabeth Swallow as uh, the armor is awesome, dude. Yeah, I really, I actually really like the armor a lot. Like you can tell that she has like a lot of authority there. 
Especially yeah. when she's sitting there making the armor. Could you get, uh, what's his face, the Vizsla heavy, heavy yeah, uh, Mandalorian dude to come in? Yeah, the, ar- the armor <laughs> Vizsla, yeah, he's, he's, he's cool. Is, was he played by... Uh, uh, he's John called Favre? the armor... He was played by John Favreau, yeah. Okay, because I... I that, yeah, that you can recognize the voice. For sure. And so he's like sitting there, it's okay, okay, all right. So this Biscar you got, let me take a look at it. Oh, it's got an Imperial logo on it. Dude, okay, so you're you're sitting at tables with with our enemy, yeah. And so I actually like the little fight that they had there because they they had what the little vibro blades came out, and yeah. I think that's I thought that was really cool because the I think that's the first time that we see vibro blades in Star Wars since Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. And so it's kind of a light, nice little nod, a little Easter egg for for uh, long term fans. That's that's when we get the the whole start of this is the way. Mm-hmm. Because exactly because the armor held such authority, she's like, "You guys stop it," and she yeah. did it with such authority that they just stopped immediately. And then yeah. she started talking, and she's like, and it goes on a little little spiel, and it's like, "All right, this is the way," and every single one of them's like, "This is the way," and then everybody just calms down. When we got a lot more of those uh, flashbacks that that told us kind of is bringing us the story of of where Dinjarin came from and and who he is. And uh, I'm assuming that's back during the Clone Wars, right? It yeah, has to be you see the, the super, battle, ba- the super yeah. battle droids. Well, I I guess you got to think how how old is Injarian? We don't know. Assume assume that he's in his. I I want to say he he's, he appears to be in his like late thirties, maybe. So yeah, this is, this is about five. It's five years after five years since A New Hope, since or since the start of the Empire, or twenty twenty five so to five, thirty years. So it's five five years before before Return of the Jedi. Go back. Empire Strikes Back, that's five and a half years. Uh, three years to A New Hope, that's eight and a half years. And, and then, then 20 Clone, years Clone of the is... Empire rule. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no. So there you go. Between three and four is like uh, 20 years or something, or 18 or something years. So that's well, 26 how years. How old is Luke and Leia during A New Hope? I believe they're 18. I thought they were 19, but eight, I can go with 18. I, I know it's between... It's between eighteen and twenty, but I, I I assume I thought it was nineteen, but let's just say Nin- let's just no, you're right, nineteen years old. So let's yeah, say let's, so they're let's nineteen. Rounded about thirty-eight years since the Clone Wars. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So thirty. He could. He. Ah, you know what though? That seems a little because unless he's in his like late forties or something, he seems like he's probably, um, you know, like eight nine years old during the whole situation. I, it's kind of hard to tell, but I, I assume it's during the Clone Wars. I'm just gonna say it's in the Clone Wars. You got the super battle droids. We, and we know Death Watch is out and about during the Clone Wars, you know, yeah. for those who've watched it. So I would, I would assume yeah. it's the Clone Wars time if we're wrong. Someone can correct us. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm actually doing a quick little uh, search and it's saying that the Clone Wars ended 19 years before the Battle of Yavin and Jarn was already a child of at least five or six during the battle. Okay, there you go. So, so that places him in his 30s. Cool. Okay, that works. And so that's definitely, so that's definitely during uh, the Clone Wars. And so, okay. which makes sense because the super and, battle droids. Yeah, I mean, I we do know really through Rebels, other than Rebels, though, what we saw at that old facility, and even in some of the, like the the new novels and stuff, uh, uh-huh. some characters have recommissioned some of the old battle droids for different uses. And so, yeah. but in that aspect, they haven't been seen as much. So, and I the only one that thought they're a little bit more terrifying than they were. In, in the movies and Clone Wars, the animated series, Clone yeah. the these super battle droids actually look pretty menacing. You're talking about the the animated one, or you're talking about the Samurai Jack version animated? 
I'm also talking about uh, Revenge of the Sith with R2. Oh, like, yeah. Just seeing the battle, just seeing the droids in general. These guys seemed yeah. a little bit more menacing. Until you hear their voice. In Re- in Until you hear their voice, yeah. <laughs> you stupid But they had a, they, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, I feel like they had a little bit more of a grungy, more like darker tone in this. Yeah. Kind of something comparable to the, the Dark Troopers that we see later in Season 2. Sure. You know, but uh, yeah, until you hear them speak and you watch the movies, you kind of like, oh yeah, the super droids are nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I how do you, I like the return of the uh, that ice cream maker. Dude, they, they I know <laughs> the from Cloud City, the one that was yeah, that, the car. That was actually I, I have I actually have the figure. It's uh, uh Will his name's uh Will Row Hood. He's Real, the, he's okay. The, he's the ice cream. He's the ice cream man. <laughs> Or whatever they call him, he's the one carrying the ice cream maker in Cloud City when they were evacuating. But uh, oh, I thought that was comedy. I thought I thought that was cool that they actually used that as a as a thing uh, when they gave him his Beskar um, from the Admiral. I thought that was pretty awesome. So there you <laughs> go, guys. There's a little bit of trivia for you. The name of that character is Will Real Hood. <laughs> Real Will Hood. All right. Kind of. Yeah, it's kind of hard I, to I say. Really like... Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of hard to say because it's not like Willow, but it's Will Row. <laughs> Like yeah, the word will, the word, and then yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I do like a, I do like a lot of the Easter eggs that they've been throwing around the series. Like uh, a lot of the species that we see, we see like the the Rodians. Mm-hmm. We see Zabrak, which yeah, I'm see, assuming yeah. is not from a Dathomir one because the Dathomir ones were a little bit darker. So this one had to come from Eridonia, their original home planet. So there's two um, different types of Zabraks. Well, I'm assuming that the Zabraks that were that are on Dathomir, basically ones that are were enslaved by the the Night Sisters. Ah, uh, like Maul. Because they're yeah, exactly. Because they're a little bit darker and more bred for for battle. But Zabraks uh, uh, are originally from a planet called Eridonia. Yeah, and so well, the the Eridonians are the ones that we see in like the Cantina, and they have they actually have a powerful kind of like um, like throat. That, that yeah. goes off. Yeah, you you actually see that in um, you see that in the 2003 Samurai Jack Clone Wars. You see an Iridonian use the power. It's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, series. and you actually get to see you actually get to see one in Knights of the Republic too. There's we, an Iridonian we, that travels with you. We got we got to cover the uh, Samurai Jack series in in one of these episodes sometime down the road. That'd you know, awesome. I'd actually be really down because I actually really enjoy this. So I, I think I think more people. I'm, I'm totally down it. to watch those again. Yeah, and we can kind of, uh, even though they say that those aren't canon, I still recognize a lot of it as canon because it doesn't really contradict much of what they've they've done in the current series and everything. I, th- I think they could still fit pretty well. Like the fight with uh, Anakin on Yavin Four with Asajj Ventress with the rain. Oh yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> was one of my. Good that's stuff honestly there, one of my favorite battles. They got they oh, some really good stuff. Oh man, dirge and yeah, they they got they got some they got some good crap in there, man. <laughs> oh yeah. So anyway, uh, and then jumping back to the races real quick, uh, we got to see yeah. Jawas. Uh, we got to see the Katerians, the Cayuso, the Melbu, the Nikto, and uh, also mentioned the Rodians and the Mon Calamari. So we got yeah. quite an array of different aliens that were from the originals that we got to see, which is really cool. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Yeah, you saw the Nick, you saw the Nikto um, at the end of the, the first episode. They're the ones that were protecting. That's true. Yeah. 
the child. Uh, true. And then we get to see a bunch of more of them where they're uh, uh, trying to take Amanda down, which I thought was probably one of the coolest scenes of the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do you think? Going back to the the fight at the Imperial facility. Yes. Yes. Think of like how he was able to take out those stormtroopers so easily. I I I just thought it was cool because at this point, I know sometimes you want to see the development, see him get his butt kicked and and. and fight and get his way I, I just thought it was fun to just it was just nice clean badassery like he was just taking them out it was just awesome simple and he's he's getting everybody out of the way using the whistling birds um using his flamethrower it, it was a good opportunity for him to just kind of show off his gadgets and just show what kind of warrior this guy is i mean you know i like i like those odds you know and he's <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. just really good i i, I enjoyed yeah. it i was happy with it Awesome. Yeah, I was too, because, like, like, we got to see it in the first episode, and they kind of, like, talk about, okay, this is, like, the most feared bounty well, I wouldn't say feared bounty hunter, but he's one of the best, and so yeah. he's already been established that he's a, a good warrior, and so it's just really cool that we're able to kind of see his different gadgets, like you were saying, in actual battle and conflict, and so I would have honestly... Hated for them to build up a character with the first couple episodes, even though the beast kind of took them down pretty easily. But I mean, those were kind of hard to fight as it is. But to go against like actual other intelligent, like, well, I wouldn't call them Imperials intelligent, but going against other foes, because I just liked uh, how he was a little bit tactical and how he took them out. Like, he didn't go head in and just like start killing everybody once. He basically just went. Broke the door, confused the two stormtroopers at the front. They walk mm-hmm. outside, so he already separates them for the rest. He goes yeah. to the side, blows a hole in it, confuses more stormtroopers, and kind of spreads them apart. So it's easier for him to kind of do his Batman thing. <laughs> Which Batman? Bat- Which I I was funny. Bat- the Dark Knight thing. I think we'll talk more in episode six. <laughs> yeah, which is actually like pretty dope. It is. It is good. No, I, but, but you like get you a said, little bit of taste yeah. of here. He's very tactical. I, I love I love when the stormtroopers surround him. And at this point, you haven't seen the whistling bird work yet. I remember the first the first time I saw that, I was like I was like I was just freaking freaking out, man. When when uh, he's around, all of a sudden he shoots the whistling bird, and they're just going around taking them all out. And you're just like, man, that they're, cool. they're all confused. They're like, what what just happened? And then boom, they're dead. Yeah, yeah, he's got. He's That's got another cool. thing that I really enjoyed is the build up because like when he first got the whistling bird, she's like, okay, with the excess, I'm going to make you whistling birds which is good against many foes. And so it's like, oh, okay. You can't wait to see him use it. And then we get to this point. He's like, hold up, hold up. What I'm holding is very precious. Let me set it down. And so then he goes down and you just see his little uh, wrist rockets go. And you're like, oh, I know what's about to happen. And so it builds like the anticipation. It's like, okay, these whistling birds are meant to take out multiple foes. How's it going to do? And so then they sat there and did it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It was fantastic. And then, and then you get the, and I love how he just kind of, he just gets the child and you, you see, you see Dr. Pershing and he, you actually see that, that he actually cares about the child. He doesn't seem like he wants to hurt him. He's just interested. He, he's basically just, ta- I, I mean, like we saw in season two, it seems like he's just taking care of uh, Moff Gideon's business because he, because he has to, he's doing it out of fear. Um, yeah. And but- not because he wants to. No, exactly. I mean, maybe no. there's a little bit of want because he's curious about the the actual scientific study on it. 
but yeah. not enough to kill the kill the asset. Yeah, not much like the Randall walks in. He's just like he's like he's like oh don't don't hurt him. He's just a child. Like he's he's concerned about him, you know. So he definitely definitely isn't interested in killing anybody. He just wants to do his studies. That's his that's his trade. Yeah, exactly. And the client himself, he's just like, he's like, I don't care. Just extract the whatever necessary stuff you have, and let's get out of here. Let's just be done with it. Yeah. Because Mando is in there, like spying on him with his uh, his uh, extrasensory uh, uh, abilities with his helmet, and so he's able to spy on them and hear what they're saying. And so you kind of get that little banter between Pershing and the client. I love, I love when. Um... Wait, what what was it what was it that uh, the admiral said to him there was, there was one line we we kind of we passed up when when he was talking to Amanda when he first when he was asking questions about the kid and he was just saying that that it's it's he said something about it's hard to find a, a real mandalorian or something like that he was just totally totally dogging him um yeah oh yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking about uh i, f- I forget what the word for word but yeah it's basically he's like egging him on it's like it's like get out of here uh, let me take a look. Let me see if I can Google it real quick. Uh, I love, I love when. So, so after he gets the child, I love when he's just like walking to the street, like heading towards the Razor Crest, and then he just you see all those like fobs kind of going off, and then and you see all those guys just slowly kind of looking and just following him, and just got the whole freaking guild following this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just really interesting just how everything kind of just like unfolds in this episode and i'd have to say like it kept me pretty entertained throughout the whole thing like the last couple of episodes like were super cool but i think this is when things start to get really good because we see the story is actually starting to get established and we're like okay what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen next well and this was, and this, then, was the, this was the this was the um this was the sequence where he turns on the guild and yeah becomes he becomes a rogue character. Yeah, he goes rogue, and I I just love how they're walking through the streets, and then they they basically surround him, and he's like, "All right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna walk to my ship, and you're gonna let me pass, you know." And and then Grief Karg is like, "No, well, I'll, how about this? You know, you give us the child, you know, and we let you walk free or whatever he says." And and then just that that epic fight starts starts, and so he's just like, "Okay," and he just shoots him and flips on flips into the speeder, and he like puts the puts the gun to that that astromech droid and he's like move he's like drive <laughs> that, was, that was that was good man i thought it was uh, jumping into that whole battle i just thought the whole like build up to that fight was actually pretty intense like he's just walking out and then you knew that everything was uh what you would call it uh gonna go down because it just shoots back to the cantina and you just see every tracking fob just start to make start to beep yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, oh, sorry, all right, Mando. Good luck trying to get out of here. What's <laughs> gonna happen? Yeah, that was it was great. Oh, he's just he's just kind of he's hiding out on the speeder and he's using all his he's using his uh, his vanquishing rifle. He's he's um using his his flamethrower and then he's, and he starts like it's cool. You see how it, how it burns out. He's kind of using it and then he just kind of goes psh, 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 and just kind of like fades off and then. Uh, yeah, he needs to get some new gear. Yeah. <laughs> so when first when you saw that scene, how did you think it was going to go down? Did you actually think he was going to get out of there? Or do you think he he's going to get? Oh, uh, I thought I thought he was, I thought he was going to get out of there for sure until um until he kind of fought he fought his way out 
and then he was basically surrounded. He's 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 basically there's there just people everywhere. I wasn't sure how he was gonna get out of it. I, I felt like he would get out of it, but I wasn't sure how it would happen. But then all of a sudden, you see all those freaking Mandalorians come down, and you're just like, yes, there we go. <laughs> Dude, I think uh, that was my favorite part of the episode is just seeing him just oh, kind of like guys, stuck in a pickle. Oh. He's going around. Grief Cargo is saying, "All right, I'm your only hope. So surrender, and we'll work something out." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. at that point, you're like, "Can we trust this guy? Can we not? Ugh, I don't know." So Amanda obviously chooses his own his own path, and then you can see him trying to figure out how he's going to get out there because he's like sitting there hiding, and then other people are like he's looking uh, at the sneaking child, up on like, him. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden, you just see blaster fire and just a bunch of jetpacks, Mandalorians oh, coming out of the sky. I thought that was. I love the way that it was done, especially in a night sequence. I love, I love I the armor added with this. I love the armor with his, with his, um, his automatic. He's just like, bah, 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 bah. you know, and you just see, see oh, guys walking. Yeah, uh, Visla, yeah, the Visla. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was awesome. This was the way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he was sitting there with his like a uh, large mini gun, like blaster. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, his name is Paz Bizla. Pa- Paz Bizla, that's right. I'm yeah, happy. it's funny. It's funny he's, he's not the armor. Well, it's, it's funny. It's yeah, no, the ar- the armor is um is Elizabeth Swallow. I had a mixed yeah. up. Pa- Paz Bizla. Paz Bizla is the character that John Favreau plays. The one we're talking about with the automatic right. weapon, which is yeah. funny because this entire conversation, I'm looking at a black series figure of Paz Bizla for some reason. I'm just... <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> for some reason, I'm still I was still calling him. I was still calling him the, uh, but it's funny because he's actually uh, known as a heavy, heavy inf- infantry Mandalorian in Black Series, but it's actually, yeah. it's, it's actually, uh, it's, he's Paz Vizsla. But yeah, no, you're right. That's Clan true. Vizsla. I think I picked that one up from, uh, from uh, what should we call it? Uh, I think I picked up that figure from Best Buy because I have one similar. I don't know if I got you that one or if you picked that one up on your own. No, I think, no, I think you got me that one. But um, Fair enough. The, uh, I just thought it was comedy because I was looking at it the whole time I was calling him the armor. So. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought I'd, I'd throw it out there so we're not confusing our, our listeners. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, epic scene. I, I love when he goes back to the ship and, and Grief, Grief Karga's uh, their way and he's like, okay, seriously, dude? This guy just took out all these guys. You, you think you got a chance? And he just like, he just shows throws off the steam. He's like, where'd he go? Bam. Shoots him. It's like, I'm Mando. What do you mean, do you think I got a chance? I'm the main character. Think, I've got all the chance. Carg- did you think Griff Cargo was dead? I, I actually thought, I thought, he was, uh, I thought he was dead the first time. I honestly didn't because I... Because they kind of... One thing that I, I, I notice when they do these shows is when they introduce something, especially with Mando, he comes in with his, his suit of armor... And then Creep Cargo is sitting in the canteen and he's like, Oh, I, I got a little bit of that too. And then he pulls out his biscar and then sticks it back in his in his vest. Yeah. Um, he's trying to get I, him to retire and go check out the Twilic baths. <laughs> the healing baths of Ryloth, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I kinda knew that they weren't gonna kill him off so easily. So I didn't think it was I forgot about the biscar the first time. And then mm-hmm. when I saw him get up, I was like, No, there, there's no way he'd be dead. I was like there's got to be a way for them to, for them to bring him back or something. And then he pulls out the things, and you see the blast mark on the Biscar ingots. And I was like, "Oh, that's right." 
because they did such a good job at Mando wearing his armor, getting shot and blasted, and how well it was able to withstand blaster, blaster yeah. fire. That it's, you get to this point, it's like, oh, okay, he survived because he had that Biscarp ingots just chilling there. All right, sure. I'll accept. I'll accept him being alive. <laughs> yeah, right, right in this little, it was like a little uh, six six inch by four inch or whatever square. <laughs> yeah, and. I'm wondering if Mando kind of knew, because Mando doesn't miss a shot. Yeah, Mando's got a pretty good aim, and he hit exactly where it was. And yeah, so I think yeah, that was yeah. kind of like, Poof, let me shoot you. I've known you Take for it. a while, so this yeah. is kind of a mercy shot. Don't come after me. Yeah, it's you know it's that's it's, kind it's of what wild. I got from it. It's wild how you know we'll see in the later in the season, and, and as we saw in season two, how Grief Karga is in this episode when you watch it again compared to how his character has changed when you get to season two. He's, he's, he's such a different person. Honestly, I was thinking the same thing, because when I got to this episode, after watching season two, I was like, man, his character seems so different here than it does later on. And so they do a really pr- pretty good job at building his character up, too. Like yeah. One thing I've noticed in all of this is that John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they really take a liking to building these characters up and giving them development throughout the time that sure. they're not characters that just jump in and it's like okay everything's easy for me now they're gonna struggle a little bit they're gonna they're gonna have things that are, are gonna you talking test about, are you, their, are you, are you talking morals. about ray mark are you are you i'm not mentioning any of that <laughs> but maybe a little bit um <laughs> But I mean, this goes for like any like poor written character, like in any sure. in any movie. Because there's plenty of movies I've I've seen where the characters are just coming in, it's like okay, there's really not any development. Like, so when I really appreciate like a director or an author in a book that will take time to really show you a character, and then show them the journey from point A to point B, and then because you, you kind of get to relate to the character a lot more i think they're more sure. relatable when you can kind of see them struggle like look oh, at anakin yeah, skywalker man. for instance well, well, we'll anakin start with skywalker anakin, sure but start with luke too i mean look where luke whiny uh moisture farmer <laughs> yeah sorry go back to anakin i'm gonna try to interrupt you i just yeah i, I no, I'm, no no but that's like another great like uh example of a character being developed um but anakin skywalker this slave on Tatooine who goes through this struggle. Like you get to see his emotions. You kind of see the conflict with him and you kind of feel for his character. Cause you're like, okay, I can understand your conflict. And you're watching him go from point a, the slave who wants to change the galaxy for the good. But as he's doing that realizes that there's a conflict between what is good, what is evil and loses his whole concept on it and starts to realize okay well these guys are saying this is good but it's really bad but it throws them down to the dark side because he's doing it for the right reasons and a little bit for the wrong reasons and then you eventually see him he thinks it's good yeah exactly because like the whole thing is like obi-wan is like oh you're evil anakin well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Blah blah blah. That that whole little sequence. I know I kind of butchered a little bit, but the gist of it's there. <laughs> well, then you all and lost. so you see that. 
Yeah, exactly. And throughout, even throughout the Clone Wars, is like you, you get this whole change of character, and you get to understand why he went the way that he did, and then come into the sequels, which brings in more character development with Luke, and then they do such a good story at connecting him to Darth Vader, and then getting Darth Vader back from point B to point C, and then his whole redemption arc. Those are the kind of like stories that I like really appreciate. I don't like characters that just well, jump that's, in. That's There's why, really no character that's why Star in. Wars is. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of just, just listening to you talk about the story of Anakin just kind of makes me realize how really unnecessary the sequel trilogy was because it's basically the, the the first six movies are basically the story of Anakin Skywalker. But I mean, we'll talk about these more when we get the original Star Wars coverage. But it basically it, it comes full circle. You. You start with this 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 slave boy that gets picked up becomes all he wants to do is become a Jedi and then you go through you know he be he's a you, you go through his human um, weaknesses his love and his attachments and 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 how how these things caused him to fall and then the ultimate redemption of of of, of family of of you know love and all that stuff um, I mean that that scene how it not only destroys but it also saves yeah or heals it, yeah. It, you just nailed it right there. I mean that that scene that scene going back we were talking about emotions with helmets. I mean, come on, that that scene with Vader looking at Luke and then looking at the Emperor and looking at Luke and then you know that that you just you just it's not to mention that music just like pounding in. <laughs> oh man, that's that's gotta be that's yeah, probably one of the most I think that's probably still the most powerful moment in Star Wars, but you know, I could be yeah. with other good thoughts too, but that's I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely, because uh, on the Discord, one of the guys was asking, they're like, okay, out of all the Star Wars films, which which scene is your favorite? And mm. I immediately go straight to that scene with Return of the Jedi. That whole throne room battle is mainly but just you know, for that. It, it does get ruined for me with the addition of him saying no. No. Yeah. No. Like, I love the silent decision when he just looks and there's nothing, and he looks and there's nothing, and he just, he just picks him up. I think it's a little it, bit it's... more powerful. Yeah. No, I do too. Big time. And we'll jump into more of why that was added once we get to the film. But just like you, just a kind of a quick thing is, it, they had to change certain scenes in each of the movie from the original because when otherwise George Lucas would have still owed royalties to his ex because she owned some of the Star Wars, and so he made enough changes to where the new stuff she wouldn't get uh, uh, royalties on. From my understanding, that is, and so that's why we got the blu-ray special editions yeah but no, there, there's there's some good changes in there but we'll, we'll talk about those they'll, 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 oh yeah yeah that would be a good one right there is just covering covering the changes from the originals um from uh you know the 97 special edition and then the changes in the uh the the blu-ray edition i think is uh i don't, I don't know i think that was 2006 but i i could be wrong i got gotta go back and look at it but um yeah, no, there's there's uh there's some good in there. It's not it's not all it's not all bad. There's some stuff, and, and I like how it makes things consistent. But like you said, we'll go over that later. Yeah, and so it kind of ties into this whole thing. Is like we're seeing how characters are developed, and yeah. even now it's like this is kind of it's like you guys see the aftermath of what the Skywalkers did to the galaxy. One destroyed it, the other saved it, and this is kind of the the messed up world that we're dealing with sure. and so it's kind of the world that uh 
Uh, what do, how do I want to say that? Basically, it's like the it's really cool to see the aftermath and kind of see a character like Din Djarin just chilling in in a galaxy, struggling with his humanity, while yeah. also trying to uh, make a living. Because like he even came in and he just took all the tracking fobs. He's like, oh, all these bounties, I'm just gonna do them all. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa! You you just made enough that you can retire, dude. He's like, nope. Yeah. We're, we're we're just gonna keep doing this. And it was kind of like, and and to go along with it, like his whole humanity thing, you can kind of see that he was doing it so he can kind of distract himself from what he just did. Like yeah. even Group Cargo was like, oh, why don't you get some, uh, what was it, some of that spice? And he's like, by the time you get <laughs> out of hyperspace, you'll forget all about this. You'll forget, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, uh, up on spice. He's like, <laughs> That's funny. yeah, he's just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna go on my next bounty and just kind of come back and yeah. turn these in when I'm done. But then. He just started questioning. He started questioning. He's like, okay, well, my morals versus my job. And so yeah. I think that's kind of a cool thing. Kind of like, I think we all should think about is like, when we come to moral decisions, like, how are we going to react? Are we just going to be a mindless hunter or are we going to question it? And we'll get more into that with the character later on because we get to see a lot of. His humanity come out in the next few seasons, uh, a few episodes, and then next season for sure. Things kind of slow down a bit and just kind of focus on him as a person and a character. Yeah, and I think that's one of my favorite things about. Like I already said, like I love the whole story that they they're telling with this character, even though we do get some episodes that feel like they're kind of like side missions or filler episodes, but a lot of it is just trying us to tell us the story of. Mando and the child. Well, they actually all have connected. Really affects. I, I love how even the most random episodes in the season have connections to the second season. Everything just kind of ties together. So there's pretty much relevance to every episode in the season in the end, which I really yeah like. exactly like. Like next next episode, for instance, which we'll we'll get into uh, on our next podcast. Which uh, what's the name of the next episode? I forget. Uh, that's the one when they um, they go to Sorg and the jungle planet. Uh, it's called Sanctuary. That's what it's called. Gotcha. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see a lot of that in the next episode when we get to Sanctuary. Yeah, where we where we meet uh, the girl who got fired. <laughs> and we'll go into a little bit more of that discussion in a little bit because uh, I think it's more fitting if we discuss. Discussing oh, yeah. while we're no, I, I figured introducing we'll your character. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be a fun little discussion. Uh, yeah. People may agree a... with us, but we're, I, I can see where both sides are coming from, but we kind of side more with one than the other, just we'll, based we'll, off we'll the, stay, we'll the message that's the bendu, saying. We'll stay as the Bendu. Very we'll true. The Bendu. You got you to gotta be, uh, be peaceful, man. Keep the peace. <laughs> Exactly. Too much division. Too much division these days, man. We're all Star Wars fans. We're all, you know, we're all here for one purpose, really. You know, who cares about politics and all that crap? You know. <laughs> exactly. We're just here, just have a good time, kind of just. I think that's one of the good things about Star Wars is that we can kind of like jump into Star Wars, forget about everything else that's going on, and just enjoy it. Exactly. Uh, and well, I. I can't wait till we get to later in the episode because uh, our season is 
because uh, I think one of the funniest things is when he's taking off with the the asset and the thing, you have the uh, possibility just shows up with his uh jetpack and just kind of like not waves him off and he's like, oh man, I got to get me one of those. Oh, I love that. I love how he just like salutes him when he's flying there. That was that was, that was awesome. Yeah, no, I was kind of hoping Mando would get one of his own uh uh jetpacks, yeah, and so I'm kind of glad. I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, he eventually gets one. But <laughs> big spoiler. Does he? But, to be but I think that's the one thing that I thought his character was missing, and so. Oh yeah. So it's really, it's just yeah, really so cool. A lot of people are saying it's like a role-playing game. It's like it starts off with like he's got nothing, and then every quest he gets like a little reward and starts building his armor and starts getting like a little reward after and just kind of levels up after every episode. Yeah, but you know, I guess that's part of the build. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. It's part of the story. Yes, sir. All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up for our discussion. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, be sure to check the links up below where you can find us on Instagram and keep up to date with all the current news. Uh, we're pretty active on there. We got funny jokes. So come for the memes, come for the news. Uh, and shoot us DM or comment on our, our posts. Uh, we try our best to try and interact with you guys because... We love what you guys have to say. And if you have any comments about this episode that you want to discuss, uh, I would say jump down on our Discord where you can talk with other fans about the things you love in the Star Wars universe. Uh, we try to be there as active as we can because uh, we love having in-depth conversations with you about some of the key points of Star Wars and just some of like the Easter eggs and all the other cool stuff. So we got a link down below or jump on our Instagram. Uh, there's a link there. Um, and then, of course, we've got our online store down in the links below as well. So you can check out some of our awesome merch that we know you guys will love. Uh, I've actually purchased some of them and I think the, the quality on them is pretty solid. So I really yeah. hope that you guys get the chance to, to, to get some of your own and show your support. Uh, so as always guys, may the force be with you. Always. Echo two out. Echo five out. <laughs>